This week's episode of Trek Geeks is brought to you by Fansets, the place for amazing pin collectibles. They have over 150 officially licensed Star Trek pins to choose from with new pins coming out every month. See all the pins and collectibles they have to offer at fansets.com and stay tuned for this week's special Trek Geeks discount code. Fansets, we are Star Trek. Hi, this is Michelle Specht. I play Dr. Elise McKenna on Star Trek Continues. Oh my God, I'm totally fangirling right now because I just met Dan Davidson and Bill Smith of the Trek Geeks podcast. Oh my gosh, they are amazing. From a padded room somewhere in the basement of Podfleet Command headquarters, it's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant, the flagship of the Trek Geeks podcast network. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Trek Geeks. Uh, we are so excited you're here. This is episode number 168, and um, we're just going to have a great time tonight. Uh, you'll understand why uh, we're broadcasting from a padded room very shortly. And of course, by we, uh, I do mean my co-host and I. He himself is an escaped mental patient. He's been on the run now for approximately 40 years, and um, if they ever find him, I'm in deep trouble for harboring a fugitive. He is the on-the-run and at-risk Dan Davidson, and Dan, welcome aboard, buddy. I hope you're uh, ready for some all-out craziness tonight. I'm, I'm ready for craziness. My arms are stuck in this funny jacket that a friend gave me, and it's white with knuck- big, big buckles on it. I can't get out of it. Can you help me with that? No. No. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a little crazy, a little cray-cray, <laughs> but it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. It's going to be good stuff. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to uh, once again touch the bottom of an episode called uh, Say Something Nice, in which we're going to take a whole bunch of uh, really not-so-great Star Trek episodes and find the goodness in them. You know, we're all about loving Star Trek, so we're going to find something to love and probably 15 different episodes and uh, joining mm. us as a special guest geek for the full hour mm. is a dear dear friend she is a very dear friend uh we had her on as our very first guest of trek geeks and i got a little i got a little surprise to throw at you when we bring her on the show in a little while in regards oh, okay. to that um but yeah we had her on as our first guest to trek geeks we were nervous um we weren't sure what to do when we're talking to a real live other person uh we had a great time everybody uh loves the role of dr elise mckenna from star trek continues it is the wonderful michelle speck she's going to be joining us again and i have a feeling that this is going to be kind of crazy um she's 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 kind of fun a little, little hyper a little fun a little fun hyper you know i'm starting <laughs> i'm throwing my my little stewie in there but i'm not doing a very good job of it but no uh, not, not it, at all not at all um it's it's something that we've been looking forward to doing for a long time everybody's favorite star trek or wait a minute it's the other way around everybody's least favorite star trek is somebody's favorite star trek so i'm sure we're gonna find things nice to say about these episodes five each possible 15 different ones 
I don't think when we did it last time. No, actually we did. We had one or two overlaps, but it'll be interesting to see what we have this time. I'm excited for this. This is always a, a fun topic. I actually got some feedback recently that, that people really enjoy this, so we'll probably look to do it a couple more times in 2019 since we're, uh, we're kind of in between anniversary seasons um, with Voyager 25 happening next year. So uh, I have a feeling that Say Something Nice is going to become a, a very popular thing. Dan, you okay. know what else is popular? What's what the fact that Morehouse isn't on this one and Michelle is? Oh, uh, wow! Why do you have to be mean to our past guest? Because <laughs> I, mean, I love that guy. He's Jim great. has never been anything but nice to you. Fantastic I hope he, guy. I hope he fires the phasers at you, you jerk. <laughs> but you, you know what else is actually nice mm. is the fact that people may want to get in touch with us from time to time and send us episodes that they want to say something nice about. How might they accomplish that goal? It is very, very easy to do so, and we'd like to hear those episodes from everyone. Just head right on over to trekgeeks.com slash contact to find a variety of ways to get in touch with either Bill or myself. You can leave us a voicemail. You can Skype chat us. You can fill out the contact form and type us out a personalized message. Or you can click on that big, giant blue button on the right-hand side of the website and leave us a message with your very own mellifluous voice using SpeakPipe. And hey, don't forget, the place to be on Facebook these days is the Trek Geeks official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. Bring your Trek talk, your Trek picks, and your Trek love over to the site and join over 1,300 other friends to talk all things Trek. Plus, chances are if Trek Geeks has announcements to share, hint, hint, it's going to be announced there first. So don't miss your chance to be one of the first people to find out what's coming up on the Trek Geeks podcast network. To join the group, just head right on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer and be ready to be part of a truly wonderful social experience. And we always want to give our thanks to our wonderful admins, Heather, Jackie, and Dan. They do an amazing job and we can't do it without them. But please, Bill, it's very important that I pass this along. So please don't interrupt me like you usually do. I'm sorry, what? See, that's what I mean. Any comments? What'd you say? That's right, exactly. Any comments? So about that. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Any messages or comments that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode, Bill. (laughs) Can I talk now? (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) So speaking of announcements we made in Camp Kittimer recently, uh, we made one over the weekend that we're truly excited about. uh, Premiering this fall on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network is a brand new live podcast dedicated to the yet-as-unnamed Picard series called JLP Live to be hosted by our friend and uh, and now fellow Trek Geeks podcaster, Barry DeFord, uh, which we're super excited about. This podcast is going to be live on Facebook and YouTube, most likely, with an audio-only version dropping the following day. And um, we are, are so excited to have Barry as a part of the family officially. Um uh, Dan, you don't. I, you may not know this, but he could be getting ready to to take your seat. So I, I didn't just, get. I don't. What are you talking about? I didn't get this memo. What? Yeah. What's going on? No, I'm hap- just, just. That's what happens when you miss important staff meetings. <laughs> no, we are we are so thrilled about this. We've been talking about it for a little while now. Uh, Barry's been a good friend of ours for a long time, and we're very excited to welcome him uh, to the network. It is going to be great. It's going to be something we've never done before. This idea of a live action podcast is pretty cool. And we got the right guy steering that ship. That's for sure. Yeah, we absolutely do because neither of us could do that. I mean, <laughs> um, plus the best part, Barry is still going to host Polytrex on the Tricorder Transmissions Network. Mm-hmm. So if you enjoy that podcast, and we hope you do because it's fantastic, um, he's still going to be doing that. So um, Polytrex is going nowhere, I assure you. I got a question. 
Okay. What happens if Politrex wants to do a crossover episode with JLP Live? Huh? Now I got you thinking. You're fired. You know, Bill, uh, if memory serves, we were talking last week and you had just placed an order at Fansets for some awesome new pins to add to your collection. We've both been collecting these things for a few for a few years now. And one of the things that's so great about Fansets is that they have new Star Trek pins every single month. You know, in fact, those pins were delivered to my hot little hands today. Wow. And I literally just placed that order late last week. So, I mean... Uh, they they got that right out to me. I have it, and I'm so excited because I just picked up the brand new Disco USS Enterprise, which literally was just released a few days ago. You know, and then I decided to add some other pins from their archive, which I've been meaning to get for a while and just hadn't had, like the Borg drone and uh, and Nomad, and uh, of course a creature that reminds me a whole lot of you, uh, the Magato. Really. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Although I don't know why, because, you know, the Magato has hair. So additionally, we're also very excited that Fansets' next pin release for this month will be the second pin in the TOS Delta collection. It's the Tricorder, and you're going to be able to get that at both fansets.com and at trekgeeks.com slash pins. Awesome news. We can't wait until this comes out. And as this episode drops, it's only going to be a few days from now. So also as a special bonus for Trek Geeks listeners, if you want to receive 15% off your entire order at fansets.com this week, even if you order non-Star Trek stuff, simply enter the code word FAMILY at checkout. F-A-M-I-L-Y, all capitals, no spaces. And if you want to know what that code refers to, well, you're just going to have to listen to this week's Discovering Trek. Uh, this code is going to be available until midnight on Sunday, February 17th, 2019. So don't delay. Fansets is pinpoint accuracy. And we thank our friends at Fansets for sponsoring this week's episode. Bill, I got to tell you something that you may not know about uh, today's special guest. What's up? I was looking through some memories today on Facebook, and it was four years ago today that we welcomed this person on our show as the very first guest of Trek Geeks. We wow. were we were so nervous. It was the first time we had, oh God, we had yeah. talked to this person through email, and it was an amazing conversation. We fell in love with this person immediately. She has been a great friend of ours for so long. We thank the world of her. We are so excited to welcome back this person to Trek Geeks to talk about nice things because she is so nice. She played Dr. Elise McKenna on Star Trek Continues. She is our great friend. We love her to death. Michelle Speck, welcome back to Trek Geeks. It has been four long years, my dear. <laughs> you guys so much i can't believe it's been four years unreal i know i was just thinking hashtag mckenna lives and she lives here on trek geeks it's true forever forever and ever that's such a downer now no no because (laughs) dan dan forgive yourself (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you thank you that was a really good laugh line don't you think (laughs) Thank you. I've been, I've been waiting. I've been saving that up all forever, day. Forever, forever. I'm I'm trapped in the pattern, guys. I'm I'm waiting on you to pull me back. Oh, oh you are so screwed. <laughs> I, I can't believe that was four years ago. Holy crap! And our friendship and uh, you know tomfoolery has just grown exponentially. It's uh, lovely. Oh, 
Oh, it's amazing because it's it's one of the you know doing the show has been great. We've met so many people, but we've we've taken from it so many great and wonderful and dear friends that we'll have for the rest of our life, like you. Yay. And uh, it's made the experience uh, you know worth it ten times over. So we are so glad you're back, and we're going to oh. talk about not just nice things, but nice things out of things that really kind of suck. Yeah, that sounds perfect. It's kind of like life, you know? It's, well, it's kind of like every week when we look- sit down on the podcast, Bill. Uh, well, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have say something nice. And that's what we're going to do today. Yes. So you thought, you thought nice. I was going to quote the facts of life. I thought you, you were. I did. Didn't you? I was like, wow, really? The He's going there? playing in my head. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m. and be like, damn it! We, uh, we specialize in earworms here on Trek Geeks. <laughs> so, so we'll level set everybody. We did one of these episodes, God, a little over a year ago with our friend Jim Morehouse. And we decided to take episodes that maybe people don't like or maybe don't like as much and try to find some goodness in them. You know, because we love Star Trek. Even, you know, because even bad Star Trek is worth watching. And there's really no such thing as bad Star Trek. And that's kind of how... This episode was born. So we've each got a list of some episodes and we're going to name them off and then explain why, you know, we think there's something to really appreciate about it. And then we'll talk about them for a little bit. And that's kind of how Say Something Nice goes. It's interesting. I was having a conversation this week with somebody and he said to me, you know, I really love those Say Something Nice episodes. You guys ever going to do another one? I said, as a matter of fact, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, with me. And he That's heard who the guest was, and I thought he was going to lose his mind. Oh, you know what? Considering it's me, that would be appropriate because I am—I might be verifiable, kiddos. I just might be verifiable. It's—it's it's so cute that you say "might be." <laughs> I've got the papers and the medication to prove it. <laughs> So we're kind of going to go in round robin uh, in fashion. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and Michelle, as our, as our very special guest, we'll let you go first. Oh, my uh, gosh. And then we'll go to Dan and then to me. So um, we'll, uh, we'll let you start. You can name the episode and, and why you dislike it. And then you can say something nice about it. Okay, great. Okay. So um, I had to trove through my memories. And you know, you guys know, or maybe I've shared this with you, maybe not. I grew up on TNG. I love mm-hmm. it. It is my favorite. Yes. But... There were some pretty wonderful stinkers. And yes. for some reason, I, I don't know why I realized this while going through, while kind of trying to think through what I wanted to pick for this uh, podcast. Uh, Dr. Crusher, I mean, poor Bev, she, she had the crappiest like love episodes. Like whenever they were <laughs> focused around her, they just bloody stank. I'm sorry. They did. They so, did. Uh, number one, my number one is going to be season seven, episode 14, Sub Rosa. Bill. Yeah! Bill, you're oh, not going to yeah. be able to hold a candle to that one. Oh. Yes. Nice, boys. Nice. Oh, keep them coming. I'm just marinating in this crap. Okay. Did I light the candle. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's the only, I mean, for God's sake, the poor woman had to deal with an 800 year old Scottish sex succubus ghost who, like, <laughs> feeds on her family 
and turns their eyes green for some bizarre reason. <laughs> I don't know. But like from, the, it's so cringeworthy. I mean, from the first time Beverly has that dream while she's still on the Enterprise with that, you know, she lights the candle and then like the blanket slides down and then like her nighty starts sliding down and no one's there. It's so, it's just, it's so, it's so uncomfortable and it's so <laughs> awful and I feel so bad for her. And I just, even, even as a very, very young person, I was watching that going, oh God. Oh God. Oh God. What are they making her do? Uh, it was, it's, it's horrible. I'm sorry. It's horrible. It's yeah, horrible. It, it is. It really is. In fact, I think we've got a new hashtag out of this and it is hashtag 800 year old Scottish succubus ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Sex Longest hashtag ghost. ever. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so what's the nice element in this episode that you can appreciate? Uh, okay. Uh, uh, oh, uh, it's actually well the wor- actually the worst moment actually is kind of the best because it is the worst situation uh the worst such situation I think I've ever seen that she could that they could have put her in and she you know that girl she just did her best Bev just did her best she tried to pull it out so that um when uh, <laughs> when Bev <laughs> is in her nana's house and she has her like sexual ghost overtaking orgasm seizure seizure like that whole thing yeah like i'm sorry but that is the best one person ghost ravishing performance ever on screen (laughs) well done bev god i didn't bring (laughs) tissues she took a horrible situation and said all right you yeah you want okay great i'm gonna i'm gonna have orgasms via 800 year old ghost let's go for it do it roll it back to one i'll do it again boys how many times you need it so this that we're done that's it Uh, there you go thanks for coming (laughs) thank you thank you detroit good night Um, dan uh do you have anything you want to add to that uh that particular nicety nope (laughs) (laughs) we've talked about sub rosa many times on this show and how bad it is but i have oh no bill's not a big fan yep it's all good because everybody's perspective is different right 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 absolutely you actually bring up something an aspect of this that we've never talked about so um you go ahead dan i was gonna say in in a lot of people, it's not one of their favorites. Um, but I have never heard such enthusiasm for parts <laughs> of that episode as I just did. I'm gonna go watch it now, and it's probably gonna become one of my favorite episodes just because oh, yeah. of you, Michelle. I mean, bless her heart. You know, she was reading that during the table reading, going just like, oh, 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 God. oh, oh, God. All right. So yes, that's my first go round. Ha- yes. Who's next? I have to say that, you know, Gates really does a great job of, of being believable in somebody who is completely overtaken and smitten by this candle ghost. Yes. You know, it's yes. not a great episode, but you're right. She sells it. And you believe that Beverly really is taken over by this, by this presence. So I think that's a great pick. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Dan, um, you are next up in this round. So uh, what do you got for us? I'm going to go with, uh, I don't know. This I found a hard. I found it was more difficult this time around to find ones, but I th- I think I found a few. So I'm going to go first with uh, Enterprise, actually, and I'm going to go oh, wow. with season one, episode five, a little number called Unexpected. 
Oh, yes. Oh, now, you see, know, I'm not usually good with the titles. Tell me what happened oh, so I can remember oh, this one. Oh, you're going to love this because it kind of ties together a little bit with what we were just talking about if you really want to go down that road. But Enterprise was, you know, brand new, still trying to get its feet wet, till, still trying to stand on its own in these first few episodes of season one. But I got to tell you, Michelle, this episode was ridiculous. Trip got pregnant in this episode. Oh, yes! Yeah. Oh, she remembered. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and he, he got, got pregnant by sticking his hand in some sand. There you go. And yeah. he gets a nipple on his wrist. Yes. Just kill oh, me now. Just, God. just kill me now. It's just, it was just not a good episode. It's one of those uncomfortable, squirmy episodes that you were just talking about when you watch Sub Rosa. It's just not something that I've ever really enjoyed watching. Yes. I just didn't yes. like it. But I got to say, the one thing that I like, and I'm going to say something nice about it, is the whole stereotype of mood swings of our lovely ladies when they are expecting and with child. I got to tell you, Connor hit it out of the park with the mood swings and the appetite change and the and being mean and yelling. I thought he was hilarious during those scenes. That's what I have to say something nice about on it because that's all I got for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know we get yet another hashtag out of this pick uh, hashtag nipple wrist yes <laughs> i like that that's a good one that's gonna be your name for the rest of the episode dan nipple thank wrist? you and, and, uh, okay i can go with that or, or maybe not um uh, yeah no that that episode is is not great you're you're not wrong <laughs> thank but, you um, thank you i i do think you managed to find the chicken salad in the in the vat of of chicken <laughs> stuff <laughs> okay are you gonna go with that yeah yeah if you were able to take those lemons and make some really tasty lemonade um well done sir one other thing i will add to that wasn't this the first time that we saw a holodeck on enterprise mm. if i remember correctly it may have been it so was that's, that's um, nice because it was so early on yes um this this race had the technology and trip right. was like what's this even though we'd right. seen it for years exactly you know okay. across three other series so good. All right. Good. Well, uh, well, that's fantastic. I'm going to go with my first pick and I'm going to go all the way back to the original series for this mm. in the, the, uh, season two episode cat's paw. Oh, love now, cat's I mean, paw. no, I'm not saying I, I don't love, but let's be honest. Okay. <laughs> this, this is a campy Halloween episode in a future where there probably aren't things like Halloween. Let's be honest. Yeah. We would have, I would. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I get it. They they were trying to appeal to the masses. It's it's not a great concept. However, I I think that this is an episode people love to hate, but it is such a product of its time and I think it's really fun. You know, it takes the Halloween all the Halloween tropes that there are. I mean, it takes them off the shelf and it applies them to Star Trek. But the thing that really shines in this episode for me is the cinematography. It is just so on point. The lighting is truly fantastic in this episode, and the remastered version is even better to watch. Um, I actually watched the two recently, you know, original and remastered, and I love the remastered one even more. So technically, this episode is, is, is probably one of the better ones produced for Star Trek, and um, I really appreciate that particular aspect of it. Michelle, what say you? Um, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that now because of what you said. Um, because I couldn't get off the, um, the, uh, the trophy tropes. Um, trophy tropes. And, and this is the one though. I think this has one of my favorite pictures of Spock though, with when he's petting the black cat, right? Yeah. No, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Is that that? Is, is that, that or no, no, no. That's no, the one. That's, that's, that's uh, yes. Gary Seven. Oh, that's, that's Gary yes. Seven. Yeah, Simon. Yep, yep, it is okay. Gary Seven. Never mind. So okay. I've got nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> that and that's okay too, Dan. What do you think? I love Cat's Paw. I um, I love the Captain Girl. That whole thing. I think that's hysterical. Um, when they're in the dungeon and Kirk is trying to look like the skeleton next to him yes. with the clothes. I just love it. it. And and if I remember correctly, I believe that uh, Jim Morehouse picked this on Say Something Nice Part 1, that he couldn't stand the the real look of the pipe cleaner aliens as when they showed themselves at the end of the episode, which I've oh, always loved. Right. Yeah, you yes. can actually see the strings of the little puppets that they're doing. I love that. But, oh, that's um, right. It's a it's a great episode, and uh, I'm glad that you're able to find something nice about it, Bill, because it's it's one of the ones that I enjoy watching all the time. Korob and it, Sylvia, you know th- those pipe cleaner aliens get me every time. It does take me out of it a little bit, but it's just it's so gorgeous lighting wise. I mean, what what can you do? So I like the little that noise is... that they make. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> that's that's pretty good. So I want that's that to be f- my new ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> We know somebody who could make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's round one, and that's how it's going to go. Michelle, we're at right. round two, which means we're at your next pick. So uh, oh. re- regale us with something terrible. Oh, good. I have another bad Beverly love story from uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Next Generation. Uh, this time it's from season four, episode 23, The Host. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. First of all, is this the first time we see the trill? If you want to call yes. them that. Oh, <laughs> That's true. Well, because they completely changed for Deep Space Nine. Yes, so. yeah. yeah, they yeah. do. But the idea of yeah. the trill, right? Right. Yep, yep. absolutely. Okay. Um, so poor, poor freaking Beverly. She finally, she finally gets a guy that's like pressing all her buttons and giving her like great rolls in the hay. I mean, she's just thoroughly just so happy. So happy. Two weeks of happiness. And then all of a sudden she finds out that he's nothing more than a tummy tumor. And it's so so disappointing. And she can't get over it. And then tummy tumor is transported into frickety frackin' Riker. And Riker's got this pulsating tummy tumor. And all of a sudden they start having these awkward looks at each other of longing, like with quivering lips across the room. And it's so uncomfortable and so weird. Oh my God. Hold on. <laughs> Hashtag Sorry. tummy tumor. That's okay. <laughs> uh, and um, it, yeah, tummy tumor, absolutely tummy tumor. And um then they have that awkward uh, moment where they finally give in, even though it's it's Riker. She's willing to accept him temporarily as Odon, and and they uh, they like make out, even though he's like dying with the tummy tumor. It's just it's so awful. It just makes me uncomfortable. It just makes me thoroughly uncomfortable. So what's the what's the good part in all that? The one good part again, Bev does her best. Gates, darling, you, she sold it. If she's going to do it, she's going to sell it. And then that one moment when they finally, it's like they're they're quivering and and he's like, uh, he comes to see her or she comes to see him and is like, I just wanted to check in on you and make sure everything is all right. And then they're slowly coming to each other and both their lips are quivering. And he's like, um, if you're going to leave, you better leave now. And the way she says her little line before the makeout, she goes, I'm not leaving. And then they like smack. There's lip smack. And, they <laughs> and you know what? That moment, I believed her. 
I believed it. Bev, she sold it. She was gonna, she was accepting the secondary tummy tumor in its shell, and she was gonna make out with it, even if its face looked like Riker. So, <laughs> you know, she did a darn good job. She sold it again. They get again. Oh my God. First, she has a sex succubus ghost, and now she's got a tummy tumor that swaps body meat gel, you know, shells, and she just goes with it. And oh my. Kudos to her. Oh, that, I, I have no words. I don't know how to follow any of that up. That was beautiful. Um, I don't think I've uh, ever cried hash- on the podcast before. <laughs> I cry every time you open your mouth. Um, <laughs> hashtag pulsating tummy tumor. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dan, yep. um, uh, aside from the obvious tears we see streaming down your face, or, you know, I see. Uh, oh, what do you wow. think about uh, about the host? Uh, I'm not a fan of the host at all. <laughs> I, I definitely am, <laughs> am right on board with Michelle with that one. I've never liked it, especially after what we saw with the Trill in Deep Space Nine. But um, I, if this was the one where O'Don used to call her Dr. Beverly. Is that? Is yes. That yeah. yep. That's yep. the yep. one thing I like about it. I, I'll say something nice about that. I like that little pet name. But oh, my God, that moment <laughs> The, I'm yes. not leaving. Oh my god! That was right, great she Michelle totally was awesome. It. She really does. Yeah, that think, is good I think, stuff. I think some of my favorite moments in TNG are when Riker is completely disheveled, <laughs> um, and we get a good one in this one. He's running the fever. He's dying. He's got the slug inside him. Yeah, he's got his his one shoulder up and you know, yes. down like he's gonna, yes. like it like he's first season Riker all over again. Yes, and you know he you know he's he's coming after Doctor Beverly and you just know how it's gonna end and it's yeah. like uh, wow Riker all right man and he's gonna retain all of those experiences so how awkward is it the next day? No kidding, <laughs> no kidding. Can you see the next senior staff meeting? So guys, so. what's new? Uh, I can tell you where Riker's secret dimple is. <laughs> Anybody want to talk about that? New business, uh, new business uh, yet? No. All right. Uh, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Right. Dan. Dan might know where it is, but Dan also has the next pick. Yeah. Buddy, uh, what do you got for us in round two? I think I think I'm gonna go with the pick instead of the location. I appreciate you giving me the choice there, Bill. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I too, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit y'all up with a TNG episode myself here. Uh, I'm gonna go with a season one. Season one of many of the series uh, were just not not great. Um, nope. Season one, episode seven, a little ditty called Justice. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't. I'm not good with titles. Tell me what happened, and then oh, I'll remember. You'll like this. Let me let me ask you a question, Michelle. Um, uh-huh. When you were younger, did you ever watch a movie with your parents, and there was like a sex scene in it, and you just were like wicked uncomfortable? Didn't have yes. any idea how you're going to handle it. Well, that's probably as uncomfortable I feel watching this episode because it's the one where the people on the planet are wearing those ridiculous silver outfits. That leaves nothing to the imagination, including the guys and the gals. They jog Not everywhere. A, they oh, jog. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's a ship yes. in orbit. And I mean, this, the, the Edo are the name of the people on the planet. And the story is just, is just awful. Wesley falls into some flowers, so they're going to kill him. I mean, it's yes. terrible. But I am going to say something nice, and it's just one line. And it's going to be the one that Bill's going to appreciate the most. We're from Starfleet. We don't lie. <laughs> nice. I, I was Starfleet. We don't lie. I love that <laughs> quote. It is. It is so so horrible. 
you know, because Wesley says it all proud and stuff like, oh, yeah, I'm a Starfleet. We don't lie. It's like, you got it, Wes. Almost like one of those 40s movies. Like, yeah, see, Jimmy, I'm with Starfleet. We don't lie. Uh, it's just it's it's so bad. It's just it's not delicious. Good. I love it. No. Yeah. No, Michelle, that's got to be one of your favorite episodes. Uh, not <laughs> really. Um, uh, let me see. No? Something nice. No? Something nice. Uh, great wigs. How about that? Uh, yeah, yeah, those wigs. I, will I tell that, you what. Yes. Yep. Okay. I, um, I, I like the costume personally. I would wear, I, one of these years I'm going to wear that costume to STLV. No, I'm not. Please, please don't. Please don't. No, ever. <laughs> no, don't. Oh I, my God. I, I will pay you. I will pay you good money. <laughs> oh, oh well, yeah. we'll, we'll talk offline. All right. Um, <laughs> so that I think that brings it to my pick um, in this round, and I'm actually going to skip over to Star Trek Voyager. Now I've been slowly watching Voyager because I've never finished the series. It's the only series I've never finished because I've had a hard time getting through it. And I actually watched this episode just the other day, and it's the season four episode eleven concerning flight. Now this is one where. Oh. We see more of Captain Janeway interacting with Leonardo da Vinci, played by John Rhys Davies. Ah. And, and in this particular episode, space pirates steal the ship's main computer and a whole bunch of other equipment. And Janeway has to try to track down the equipment with the help of Leonardo da Vinci. This is not a great episode. <laughs> if I think of the Pantheon of Voyager episodes, it's not top 20. I don't think, it, for me, it's not even top 50. This episode is, uh, it's it's there. It's an episode of Star Trek. However, I have to say, although it's largely forgettable and kind of silly, because the premise is a little eh, kind of meh, I really do like the scenes with Da Vinci in this episode. And I yeah. love the chemistry between Kate Mulgrew and John Reese davies They are just such pros together. And their scenes are fun. And while it's not tem- you know, terribly important to the episode... It really is a good watch just for those scenes alone. So I, I gotta I really enjoy their performances and I really think that's the the gold to mine out of this episode. Um, Michelle, is this one that you've seen or have you seen yeah. it recently or yeah? Oh yeah, I've seen all of Voyager. I've seen basically every episode. I just need reminders on what goes on. And you're right. Totally. I, I love the fact that you pointed that out because those two are exceptional actors, both of them. Yeah. So you know, you can give them anything and they'll make it taste like peanut butter. Right. Ooh, so the, I like peanut butter. Yeah. Who doesn't? So put them, it, it, you give them any material and they're going to turn it into something yummy. I, I totally agree. Dan, what do you think? I got a question. Is this the episode? Okay. We talk about on, on Cedar Skip It that there's always an episode in every season that I just have no recollection of. Yep. I don't have any recollection of this episode, but I'm going to ask a question. Is this yeah. the one where they actually use his flying machine? Or is that a different yes. It is. No, okay. that's okay. the one. I, re- I remembered something. Okay, then. Um, uh, that's all I got is that I love that scene with the flying machine. Uh, I could start singing the song from Titanic, but I won't. Um, I got to agree with you, Bill. I love John Rice Davies in these, uh, uh, when he's a guest as as yeah. uh, Da Vinci. I've always liked it. I liked it even more when I realized that he was the guy who plays Gimli in Lord of the Rings because I love those movies too. So <laughs> totally. um, he's much taller in this, which is also uh, something that I'll say something nice about. Um, but other than that, <laughs> I don't have a lot about this episode because I don't remember a lot of it. Sorry. No, and that's okay. I mean, I had never really seen it before a couple of weeks ago. And so I, you know, I was like, eh, okay, all right, space pirates, that makes sense. Leonardo da Vinci. Wait, <laughs> he's on the planet? 
and yeah. you know, the whole mobile emitter comes into play. And so it's, it's. I mean, it's not the worst episode of Voyager by any means. It's not the worst, right. episode, of, yeah, it's not the worst, worst episode of Star Trek by any means. But, you know, it's it's one that's kind of kind of meh. You know, if when we get to say something nice for this one, I'll probably say something to that effect. But um, I'm sorry not to say something nice, but um, um, see it or skip it. I forget what happens on my own show. That's beautiful. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's it's just one that I was kind of like, oh, okay, that's that's really kind of awesome. So there we go. That, that's two rounds down, kids. We're just making quick work of all this stuff, which is awesome. That means we're back to you, Michelle, and your third pick for Say Something Nice. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, I love DS9. I love it. I love it. Mm. I love it. Yep. Love it. Yep, yep. Um, but I was trying to be to disperse my selections. So I did pick one from DS9 for my third pick. Mm-hmm. And it comes from uh, <laughs> season two, episode 10. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, season seven, episode four. Take me out to the hollow suite. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Now, now, what I don't like about it is yeah. I totally get the rivalry um, between Captain and uh, the Vulcan, I get it, I get it. Yep, but that yep. is the most emotionally passive-aggressive Vulcan ever. Yep. Ever. Ever. I hate him. And I love yep. all Vulcans. I hate him. I just don't like him. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, it's cheese. It's filler. I get it. You want to get him off the ship. They never get off the ship. Let's come up with a reason to get him off the, you know. Off the, off the, let's get them out somewhere. Dear God, get them off somewhere, off the station. So, um, I understand it, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's just kind of like poop, in my opinion. <laughs> and other than that, you've no strong feelings on the matter. No, exactly. <laughs> no. Um, no. yeah, yeah. But do you want me to say my one thing nice? My nice yeah, thing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite, it does have an absolutely exquisite moment, uh, with, uh, Worf in complete baseball regalia when called upon to throw the batter some chatter from the field everyone else is like um he <laughs> with a complete deadpan face standing stock straight says death to the opposition <laughs> and it's hilarious it's hilarious so oh, it that is. one moment alone is lovely that's why i liked i laughed out loud I, I love it. Dan, we, we talked about uh, taking me out to the hollow suite last year at some point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I know you shared those similar feelings about that Vulcan captain. Oh, you did. Yeah, I did. I, I, I brought up specifically that um, he is, he is a Vulcan, but yet the amount of emotion that he has and yes. the, the disparaging comments and the insults and, and this and that, it really made me not appreciate the character itself uh, in this episode, but we actually did a, like Bill said, we did a whole episode on this, uh, um, on this one, uh, during the world series when the Red Sox won their fourth championship, uh, just recently. Um, and, um, we love the episode, uh, but I do, I do very much appreciate the fact that you don't like that, uh, particular Vulcan. He's kind of a jerk face. Uh, and, and yeah. I guess that's the, the easiest way to put it. Um, I'm yeah. not going to do my Odo impersonation when he's an umpire, even though I really want to, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that's what I say. Something nice about that episode. I love Odo as the umpire in this. I think he's fantastic yeah. in this. Yeah. He really would Bill? be the best umpire ever. <laughs> this is, uh, believe it or not, Michelle, this is the only episode of Star Trek that Dan and I have ever watched in the same room together. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, right. it happened just last year. We were in Albany, New York for Northeast Trek Con, and we decided to put on some, because uh, they had Netflix on the hotel TV, we we put on some Deep Space Nine, it was a World Series, I said, well, let's watch Take Me Out to Hollow Suite. It was an interesting experience, and that's the nice thing I'm going to say, that we got <laughs> to actually finally sit down, and act, after knowing each other for 25 years, finally oh sit down gosh. and watch an episode together. That's, loud. I'm going to say, uh, that's, that's uh, disturbing. I'm not happy about that, gentlemen. Tell me, tell me you've rectified that since then. Have you watched Trek together since then? I don't think so. No. Boys, why not? (laughs) It's my fault. No, no, it's, well, I mean, for 25 years we haven't. So, I mean, that was the one outlier. It just tells us that we need to do it more. Yes. How about the three of us do it when we're in Vegas at STLB this year? I love it. That's a pretty good idea. Okay. I love that idea. I feel an episode commentary in our futures. Oh, heck yes. Ooh. I'm on board. Whatever you want All to right. talk about. I love it. So uh, that, uh, that's Dan's pick now, I guess, right? Because, yeah, that uh, was Michelle's be, pick. So did Dan did you have you. anything to say about Take Me Out to the Hollow Sweet Bill? Or, or I did. I said I got to watch it with you. I'm yep. sorry. I wasn't listening. Okay. Huh? Anyway. Uh, what? <laughs> exactly. Um, it's funny. You, you, you picked a DS9 episode, Michelle, and I'm about to pick a DS9 episode, which is incredibly interesting because i love deep space nine it's my favorite series and i love the mirror universe but guess what i'm picking a mirror universe episode to uh, to crap on it's season six episode eight resurrection oh this is this is i hate that episode with a passion Uh, this is the jaws four of the episode. It is the phantom menace of these episodes. Anyone who listens to Trek geeks knows how much I hate, hate, hate Barile. Can't stand him. Waste of a character. No idea what Karis are and I'm just can't stand the guy. I did not think I could dislike a character more than I dislike Barile. But then we met his mirror universe counterpart and I was proven <laughs> wrong because I couldn't stand him even more. He is so awful. And I can understand why watching this episode made people get tired of mirror universe episodes. After mm. all, what's the point if you're going to get something like this obtuse piece of flotsam? Huh? Do you like that? Nice Thank reference. Oh, nice. Very you, nice. I will say something nice. It may not be much, but I'll say it. It's Deep Space Nine. Yep. And it's the mirror universe. <laughs> yep. And if it's for those of you that hate him like I do, it's the last time we ever see Vedic Brile. So yay. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is that is such a passive aggressive cop out. I love it. <laughs> no kidding. Oh. Um really that's that's the only nice thing you could come up with. That's pretty it. much. Michelle, I got a question. Do you like Brile? Because I wasn't sure of your response when I said it. Um, he's okay. He didn't stand out to me as being either particularly wonderful or particularly awful. Okay. I okay. don't know who you That's are fair. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've always found Barile just to be so milk toast. I mean, oh, yeah. I expect Kira yeah. to be with somebody robust and, yeah. and yes. full of life. Exactly. Barile is just sort of withdrawn. Well, what about Come the episode me, where child. he's about to die and he's even worse? He's like, I love I you, Kira. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm kind of, you're turning me. You're turning me to the dark barile. I'm going. I'm going with these reminders. <laughs> oh, my God. I, um, I, I'm i trying to think of something nice about that episode. I will say Nana is particularly fantastic in that episode. I mean, oh, she's good in everything. Well, she is. But, I mean, yeah. Kira has, you know, quite the quite the quandary there, to, uh, mm-hmm. to use a couple of cues, um, mm-hmm. in that she has to see 
a version of the man she loves again and she she buys into it so i mean that that's that's really kind of challenging for her character and i I get why so i mean i can appreciate that aspect of it even if it's not executed nearly as well um but yeah i hate (laughs) burrow good good Good. all right good he sucks so this is me it's my turn it is is. everybody well uh to use a, a baseball uh metaphor i'm gonna hit for the cycle here and uh, I also am going to pick Deep Space Nine Whoa. for my third pick. And I'm going to pick the season three episode Meridian, which is the eighth episode of that season. So the crew comes across this planet that uh, phases in and out of dimensions once every 60 years. Yes! Yes! Yeah. And Dax meets somebody and falls in love in 43 Aww. minutes. Yes, yeah. Yes. It's, this is not a fantastic episode. No. Um, uh, the A story isn't great. The B story is truly terrible. And yes! That's, Thank that's, you! Oh my yeah. God, yes! <laughs> it's, even though it's got Jeffrey Combs, um, the B story is absolutely putrid. Um, but I'm going to say something nice about this because even though this episode is a total dog, Terry Farrell gets some of the most interesting stuff that she gets to do in the early seasons of Deep Space Nine in Meridian. Um, that sort of end scene where she breaks down when she's alone, um, is just so well acted. You cannot help but feel for Dax. Terry really acts the hell out of that, that, that teaser scene at the end. But, um, and like I said, Jeffrey Combs is great, even though the story he's in sucks, creating the hologram of Kira. Yes. So, oh my yeah. God, gross. So they're, they're too fit. <laughs> oh my God. I say that about Dan every day. Um, <laughs> So yeah, you've got two great performances by two wonderful actors surrounded by a, an interdimensional planet of crap. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, well I, put. Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, that's. Uh, am I wrong? Is that really the only good thing to find in those episodes, Michelle and Dan? Uh, yeah. From okay. my point of view, yes. That be. I'm sorry. That especially. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with Dan? that because the B episode just overwhelms me with grossness. Yeah, Dan, what do you think? Jeffrey Combs is masterful in everything that he does. I think I've talked about the fact that he's one of my favorite guest uh, appearance people in Deep Space Nine. When the whole scene where he walks in with the nice, you know, satin, whatever they're called over the bed, and you see these legs, Kira and her hips, and then it's Quark, that falls so flat. It is so unfunny. It is so... Everybody knew it was going to be something ridiculous, and it just doesn't work on every level. And I got to say, also, the whole when when Dax is being pulled between dimensions, that whole scene just kind of the special effects in this episode were not great. Um, no. And that scene, it really it really stands out. But I, I do appreciate what you said. That end scene, Bill, with with Terry Farrell in her quarters, that is that is a tearjerker moment in Deep Space Nine, and that is that is also something that I uh, I will say something nice about. She's she's great in that in that uh, final scene, especially. Yeah, and I like you mentioned Jeffrey Combs because you're right. Anything he ever does is just he's just wonderful to watch. And yeah, um, yeah. I got to shoot him. I shot him in oh, uh, <laughs> in okay. Star Trek Online. My role in Star Trek Online, Loris. Oh neat. I shoot oh, so him. Oh, not really then. Phew. In the yeah, <laughs> Victoria's life release, not in real life. <laughs> but That's awesome. I did. I did shoot him. Yeah. That's really was, cool. Yeah, it was awesome. That's very cool. That's awesome. So uh, here we are to uh, round four. So wow. uh, Michelle, we're back to you. You get to name. Right. Uh, this is your penultimate pick. In say something nice, um, oh, and 
what you got for we have, Do we have four picks or five picks? Five. Five. Okay, good. Okay, so I have two more, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I am moving on to Voyager. <laughs> oh, I love it. And um, I don't know. I, you know what? I might have gotten this idea if you guys talked about it on previous shows because everything just blends together in my mind like a wonderful frappe. But um, it, this is uh, season six, episode 11, Fairhaven. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good um, pick. Because, you know, they just are going to get trapped by a, a, a space storm. It's, you know, a hurricane. They're riding out a space hurricane in space. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so let's just take a break and let's everybody just go hang out on uh, one holodeck program together. And let's make it uh, just the most blatant Irish caricatures we possibly can. And, I mean, it, it is – I am surprised they did not find a way to insert the word potato into every freaking sentence <laughs> by those characters. Those hollow sweet Irish characters are just – I feel – I weep. I apologize. Apologize for everyone in Galway who watched that. I apologize, everyone in County Cork. I'm so sorry. We don't know what we're doing. They know not what they do. They know not what they do. So it's just, you know, um, basically it's <laughs> – um, she, <laughs> so, uh, Janeway, like, starts having this ethical quandary about the fact that she programs her perfect dude and then doesn't like the fact that she's programmed her perfect dude and feels bad about it, kind of, and, um, I don't, it's, it's just pedantic and there's, like, it's so majorly eye-roll worthy and, um, yeah, it's kind of a ripoff of, like, um, What's that episode in uh, Next Gen with Jordy and uh, Leah Brahms? What's that? Um, oh, um, uh, Galaxy's Child? Uh, n- no. Uh, no. Booby Trap. Is that right? Booby- oh, Booby. Is that right? Oh, it's, it's the, the holodeck Leah Brahms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that right? I might be wrong. I think so. Um, but anyway, so they've kind of done this. It's, it feels like a rehashing of that kind of idea where you fall in love with the holodeck character we're, anyway we're both googling um, like ma- oh, you, you, you've got the right episode it's booby Trap. oh my yeah. god i remembered an episode name that's amazing and probably Child. I, yeah probably because yeah. um it had the word booby in it so which is just <laughs> a nice it's a nice name for an episode about a love conundrum isn't it, it um is. it really is i so, never thought about that but yeah yeah booby trap um because it really is a trap of the boobies <laughs> so um, something nice about fairhead oh, so something nice. Okay. So while watching this, I realized when I, cause I watched it as an adolescent, basically it was um, really nice to kind of introduce the idea to uh, a young adolescent girl, uh, the prospect of being able to like hand pick all the qualities you want in your ideal guy. Because at that age, you are always just trying to conform into what boys want. Like, you're like, I just like him so much. I just want him to like me. What is he like? I'm going to be that. <laughs> so the idea of just having that, huh, what if I could build my own? It's like a, it's like a girl teenage version of weird science. Like, I'm going to build my perfect dude. What would it be? And, and just introducing that idea was just really neat. Nice. As a young person. How about that? I, I like it. Dan, um... Uh, what about uh, there's no feet washing going on in this episode, like TNG's <laughs> up the ladder. So, no, um, what do you think about Fairhaven? There's no feet washing going on, but Katie O'Claire took that Michael Sullivan and built the perfect man, didn't she? Potato. 
Sorry, I had to throw it in for you there. Michelle. <laughs> All right, sorry. Potatoes, O'Brien. Um, Thank you. Thank you. This is this is not one that I really can say much niceness about. It's just, you know how we talk about how um, Code of Honor is just a horrible and blatantly bad episode depicting mm-hmm. certain things? This one's kind of the same thing for me. It's just, it's just awful. Yeah. It just takes all of those things that, you know, I'm surprised that they weren't eating Lucky Charms at breakfast. I mean, it's just one of those <laughs> ridiculous things and ridiculous episodes. And yeah, let's, I like how you put it, the space hurricane. Let's just, uh, you know, we're just going to throw yeah. the anchor out here, gone against this asteroid and just ride out the storm. Yeah, not, not good. But um, I, I don't know. To the, they have nice accents. I just don't have anything. Else. <laughs> no, they don't, though. <laughs> they really don't. I, um, this is actually one I haven't seen. Um, so oh. I actually get to watch this at some point. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yay. Uh, well, but I am going to try to find something nice in it when I watch it. Um, and I, I'm getting the sense from the two of you that that could be tough. Should I have like a, an up the long ladder slash Fairhaven like double feature? Oh, God. Go yes. The, yes. On all a day the... you want to feel particularly bad about yourself. Absolutely. Oh, no. I would watch it on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Very nice. I will tell you, Bill, um, yeah. the wardrobe in this episode, you're not going to find a fine halter top like you would an up and long ladder. Oh, <laughs> That's oh true. My. Yeah. That is so true. just want to let you know about that. Wow. Sorry. Well, um, well, I guess since I have nothing to add, Dan, why don't we move on to your next pick in the round, in round four? Sure. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to regale us with something that is equally as turditudinal. <laughs> wow that i'm ha- hashtag that one give yourself a hashtag yes! there man Thank i you. can't even repeat it because i don't even turditudinal okay That's um it. this one is not as bad i don't think but it's still not great uh we're sticking with voyager look at this we're all picking the same like series each time uh i'm wow. gonna go with voyager and i'm gonna go with season two episode one the season premiere of season two the 37s and wow. this is the Amelia Earhart episode, just to oh. put it in a quick wraparound. One of my biggest complaints about Voyager back in the day, and I don't have this strongest sentiment now because I've had a rewatch of it, was that the writing could be terrible. The cast always tried to do a great job with what they were given, but a lot of times they had a story that the writers were like, oh my God, we got to wrap this up in five minutes, and it just killed the episode. This was the season premiere of season two, the freaking season premiere of season two. And this is what we got. We got a, you're going to give this dreck for a season premiere. It was awful. The story's awful. The acting's awful. I can't stand David Graff as Fred Noonan in this episode. And I like some of the things he's done in other, in other movies. I didn't even like Sharon Lawrence as Amelia Earhart in this episode. I just didn't think the story worked. And I just thought it was garbage i'm sorry but you know what this episode's called bill and michelle i can see you both there and let's say something nice it is the it first is. the first ever image of a starship actually landing on a planet with little feet was pretty cool no matter how preposterous or unnecessary it may have been it was still kind of <laughs> cool to see so i'm gonna go with that that's all i got <laughs> okay i'll buy that uh, personally i mean if i'm going to try to find something nice in this i'm going to say that uh, thanks to elon musk this episode seems a little more believable because uh, finding a pickup truck in space might actually happen now 
that's sure. right. Absolutely. You know, so yep. that's that's my nice thing. Michelle, you have anything nice to 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 say about the thirty sevens? Yeah, I got nothing. I'll go, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with the feet. I second the feet. <laughs> I love it. I love nice. it. Nice. All right, then uh, I'm just going to move on to uh, to my fourth round pick. Now, unfortunately, I didn't. I'm not going to mirror you two and pick Voyager. I'm actually going to step outside the box a little bit and pick a movie. Ooh. Movie. You know, that's that's kind of how I roll. It's a movie, baby. Yeah. Uh, I bet I know which one. I bet you do too. And uh, <laughs> I got to say, it's Star Trek V: The Final Frontier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, see, I don't think this is the worst Star Trek movie by any means, no. but it's certainly not great. I, I'll be honest; this movie is terrible. Uh, yeah. People talk, <laughs> people talk about how the scenes between the big three—you know, Kirk, Spock, McCoy—are are fantastic, but to me, they're just not. They're those scenes are overly campy and just mm-hmm. painfully written because they take characters that have gone from a television series through some pretty dramatic stuff in the movies and then essentially step them all the way back to 1969 in their development. Mm. So, uh, so okay. So we get it. The movie's not great. However, if I'm going to say something nice about this, I'm going to say DeForest Kelly is truly fantastic in this movie. He gets the best scenes he's ever gotten in the whole of Star Trek. I mean, that counts original series, that counts the movies, everything, and he just shines. That scene with McCoy's father, where he has to reveal his pain to Cybok, is thoroughly gut-wrenching. And D. Kelly puts it all out on the screen, and you feel it as it's happening. It's it's the best performance in the film. It's the best performance he gets to do in Star Trek. And I'm glad that that scene exists, even if it's in that movie. Um, that's my say something nice. Michelle, what do you got? Oh, geez. Uh, I, you, I'm is, is that one you like? I, I'm, it's, it's, not, it's not my favorite by any means. Okay. But um, I mean, uh, you get to see Uhura's fan dance, you know? <laughs> you, you do you yes. do now see at that time uhura and my mom were roughly the same age uh, so kind of hard for me to get into uhura's fan dance but i totally get where you're going with that the woman's got fabulous legs it's never a bad day yeah. never no, a bad that's true. day that's true that's true dan uh what do you have nice to say about star trek 5 you know what's funny bill you brought up a very good point and and they're they're, they're overly campy scenes but you know which with the big three you know which scene i think is overly overly campy um, the, camp the campfire scene. scene. Get it? Oh yeah. See what I did there? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. that was bad. I'm very sorry. Uh, marshmallows. Yeah. Yeah. Marshmallows. <laughs> yes. Um, I like the. This is this is the only thing I'm going to think of for say something nice because I'm kind of I haven't really thought about it until just now. I like the cinematography when he's climbing the mountain at the beginning. It's pretty. Yeah. yeah. There you beautiful go. Beautiful shots of El Capitan. Yeah. Then they then he falls and the whole Spock chasing him thing is just oh, pathetic. Geez. Um, oh geez! Let's dive down yes! and look like we're diving. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, there you go. And how many how many five. decks does a starship have? Seventy five. Forty seven. Forty. Not according to that movie. Yeah. <laughs> they seem to yeah. forget that the the bridge is deck one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So anyway, that's uh that's my fourth round pick. Here we are, the last round. Wow. Of this installment wow. of Say Something Nice. Um, mm-hmm. I hope you're all bringing your A game this round because I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna drop a bomb on you with my pick later on. No pressure, Ow. Michelle. Oh jeez, I love pressure. <laughs> okay. Um. 
I'm I'm sticking with I'm sticking with my Voyager. We're gonna I love it. Uh-huh. Voyager, uh, and I'm going with season five, episode eighteen, the fight. Oh wow! Now that is a turd. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it, to me, it's like another night terrors, and yet instead Sorry. of using uh, telepathic to uh, communicate with the alien present life forms. Uh, this time we're going to pull out Chakotay's rarely mentioned, but always pleasantly exploited Native American heritage. And uh, <laughs> he's going to commune with, with these uh, aliens in his vision quests. And, uh, you know, what's the higher plane of understanding that's reached in these vision quests to communicate with the aliens uh, in these uh, 1-900 calls, whatever you want to call them? It's a, it's a boxing. It's boxing. It's a boxing scene. What? How? I don't understand. I don't understand why those are the subject of his vision quests. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, so, yeah, there's the, the dream sequences where he's, like, looking and he sees, like, different characters coming through the doors. Well, depending upon you, Chakote. Like, it's just... <laughs> It's awful and it's confusing and I, I don't, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. So I I can't wait to hear what the nice element is in all of this because this is going to be fascinating. Well, the only one nice thing is that Boothby's in it, even though it's completely inexplicable that Boothby's in it. Why is the Academy Gardner, um, his coach and his vision quest? I don't know, but he is lovely. He's always wonderful. And, uh, his Uh. performance is like he, he makes, that seem somewhat makes sense because he's wonderful. So that's the one nice the, thing I can say. The legendary Ray, Ray Walston. He's yes. so fabulous as Boothby. Is that the last time we see Boothby? It is. It is. His oh, last. Wow. I think it's one of his last um, uh, jobs as an actor before he passed away. Was that? Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so it's it's good that we get the you know one more bo- shot of Boothby, but mm-hmm. okay. So I, admittedly, I, I've said I haven't watched all of Voyager. Is boxing a thing in the later seasons, or is this just this come no. out of nowhere? Okay, no. it just comes out of nowhere. 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 <laughs> the uh, the only thing that I can really say nice about this, and it, it's going to echo what Michelle said, is we get to see Ray as Boothby one time, giving us his best Mick. From the Rocky movies. Hit him as hard as you can, Chicote. It's just awesome. (laughs) It's so bizarre. It's so dumb. Uh, (laughs) Now all I can see is is Burgess Meredith, you know, yelling at Robert Beltran. Um, That might be worth it for the price of admission alone. That would be fantastic. I'm gonna say. Um, This is another one I have nothing to add to because this is another one I haven't seen. I'm almost done with season four right now of Voyager, and I'll get to this one. uh, Well, season five, so uh, coming up pretty soon. But uh, can't wait. Oh yeah, can't can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait for the commute the next morning when you get to tell me what you thought about it. Oh my god! <laughs> I, that's going to be. We should roll the uh, roll the canvas for that one. Make that a carpool conversation. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think so. Um, yep. So Dan, clearly Michelle brought her A game for the last round. I hope that you are going to drop something as momentous on us. I've, I, I, you know what? I'm. I think I am. I really do. Um, this is maybe <laughs> surprise some people. Um, I'm going. I'm going TOS. I'm bringing in TOS. So I think I hit every series uh, except for Discovery, which you know there's nothing bad about Discovery. Um, but I'm going with TOS. I'm going with season three, episode seventeen, that which survives. 
Oh, and wow. I saw Bill just like almost pass out. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, we all know that season three suffered from budget cuts, and it was apparent that the show was not going to survive. But I never understood why the writing had to suffer in several episodes of season three, and I think this was one of them. There were so many lazy points to this story that really just grind my gears, to quote Peter Griffin. Um, Remind me which first one of, this is. This is the one with Locira, Lee Merriweather, as uh, the um, um, when she touches you, you die. Cellular oh, disruption. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. So Lucira, when they're on the planet, is asked by Kirk, who have you come for this time? And her response is, I have come for you, James T. Kirk. Hey, former circle. Now, here's my problem with this. You would think that the Kalandans would have written in a deception subroutine into Lucira. <laughs> so she could have just simply said, I have come for you, McCoy. And when they form a circle around McCoy, she walks up and goes, ha ha, Kirk is dead. End of episode. That would have been the way to do it if I were the programmer on Kalanda. But I digress. The other thing that bothers me about this episode is former circle. Um, have you ever watched football? Have you ever tried to juke? <laughs> Have you ever tried to push past something? Then they're just walking up and stretching your hand out. Try harder, Locira. Try harder. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm going to say something nice. And I don't want to sound like a pig, but I'm going to say something nice. And oh my God, Lee Merriweather and Lee Merriweather in that outfit. As a kid growing up watching TOS, she was an absolute thing of beauty, and she still is when I see her in that episode. She is absolutely gorgeous, and I love seeing her in that episode. And even though we saw this as a result of the cut budget, her transporter effect where she squishes up horizontally and then vertically with the is just awesome. It's, it's just one of the best transporters uh, in the TOS <laughs> genre. So that's what I got. That's all I got. <laughs> wow. Hey, game. Uh, uh, yeah, that's some definite <laughs> a game. You, you, you brought it and then some, I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm proud Thanks, of you. Pal. I try hard. I am for you, Dan Davidson. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm trying to touch the screen. Um, that, uh, I have to agree with you on Lee Merriweather. I've always loved Lee Merriweather. Um, you know, she's just so, she's really great in this episode, but I mean, her yeah. career is just a fantastic one. Um, I have to agree with you all across the board. Michelle, uh, what do you think about that? Which survives? Um, honestly, I don't remember that much about it. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, because Dan um, doesn't remember a lot of episodes, so I, I get it. <laughs> so- right. I will say this, and I'm sure if I'm remembering this as I believe I am, um, the female guest star costumes were always amazing. Yes. So her dress, yep. you know what I mean? It's amazing. Yep. She looked beautiful. You're right. Well... Uh, I can't disagree with any of that. Now we're at the final pick of Say Something Nice, which is mine. And I said earlier that I was just going to bring my A game and drop a bomb on y'all, and that's about what I'm ready to do. I'm going to bring it back to Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay. And I'm going to take a season one episode. Oh, boy. The 10th tenth, tenth episode of season oh, one. Oh, boy. A little charmer called Code of Honor. Oh, remind we, me. Which Remind we've referenced me. once before. It's the racist episode oh. with the planet of African-American people who steal Lieutenant Yar. Oh, God. Yeah. The, oh. the one that Frakes uh, typically refers to as a racist piece of bleep. Oh, yeah. I'm throwing up a little in my mouth. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> as well you should. Um, 
I don't think I really need to explain to anybody why this episode is terrible. Uh, it really is. I mean, really. Yeah. Let's just face it. Let's get it off the table. But I'm going to say something really nice about this episode. And I realize that's a tall order, but here we go. Um, this episode has a fantastic score. And it's probably one of the best scores of season one. The, the music in Code of Honor does a really good job complementing what's happening on the screen. And that's because it's written by Fred Steiner. Fred oh. Steiner, who is the only composer from the original series yes. to have worked on The Next Generation. Um, I can only think that, you know, if he had done more of them, I might have the same feeling about some of those early episodes. But he just knocks this score out of the park. And it's so nice to see that familiar name. Um, and his work here is just top notch. So that is the one shining element I can find in Code of Honor. Um, Dan, what do you think, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I think we've talked about this before. Uh, it is such a horrible episode, but it does give us no vaccine and no Lieutenant Yar. So how can it not be bad? <laughs> it is. It, and, and I will say the weapon that she wears when she's fighting the other person is kind of really scary. It's got the poison yeah. like tips and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So I'll get, I, I would like to use that on you from time to time, but I digress. Um, so wow. I will say that, um, yeah, uh, yeah, not a good episode. And probably as, as Jonathan Frakes likes to say, it's not one that's probably liked by the cats too much. Michelle, what do you no. think? <laughs> um, I'm going to, I, I have to admit, I don't remember the score probably because my, I had my eyes closed and the hands over my ears going la, 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 la during the whole thing. So perhaps I need to go back and just, um, you know, turn off, if I could turn off the, um, the dialogue track and just listen to the music, maybe I'll have something nice to say about it. I would assume so. I think so. I, th I think the visuals are worse than if you just listen to the dialogue. Mission Log sort of posited that theory back when they did uh, uh, Code of Honor a few years ago. You know, if you just listen to the episode, it really doesn't oh. seem half as bad as watching it because the visuals really are are, are quite terrible. That's so a great idea. Yeah, I think you might get a better sense of the score if you uh, if you listen to it. But Fred Steiner really just he really shines in this episode, and it's it really is the one great element to me. So that's what I got for say something nice. Did I deliver? I ask you both. Yes, yes. Is, thank you, Michelle. <laughs> Dan, uh, you can awesome, just go to awesome hell. job. No, yeah. you did great, man. Damn. You delivered probably. Oh, there it was. I've been waiting all episode for that. You thank knew you. it had to come. I'm going to deliver oh. it at the end. <laughs> As, as we've established on a previous episode of Trek Geeks, uh, everything is Dan's fault, according everything. to Michelle. Everything. Everything. And, uh, and when something is Dan's fault, um, Michelle has the right to scream, Dan, as she Dan! Does. That's there it. it is. That's going to be my ringtone. So, uh, <laughs> so that's it. So we made it through five rounds of saying something nice. Don't you guys feel better about these yeah. episodes a little bit? I do feel. Yes, I do. No, I feel better just because I was talking about them with you, and I uh, love you both so much. Uh, that is returned 150 million percent to you. We love you so much. You're one of our, our dearest friends on the planet, and we are so grateful to, to have you back. It's something we need to do more often because um, it's, it's never dull with you, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Let's I... Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about more of the sex succubus, you know, 800-year-old <laughs> Scottish sex succubus ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, you were going to say? 
It is never dull, Michelle. It's, it's amazing that it has been four long years in between visits. We've, of course, spent time uh, at STLV. And like Bill said, you are one of our most favorite people in the entire world. We have got to do this more often. We cannot wait to see you again out in the desert this uh, this coming summer. Love you to death. Always a great time. You always make us laugh. And you always make all of your fans smile. And um, we just can't say enough good things about you, girl. Well, I am honored, literally honored to be here with you guys. And I hope I hope I kept up the quality of the show by trying to bring a little bit of uh, your level of Trek knowledge because you are it's 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 humbling. It's humbling to be here with you, gentlemen. <laughs> humbling. And uh, uh, I'm just so proud I didn't cuss. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> See, most people say it's humiliating to be here with us. Thank you for choosing a different age here. Um, Michelle, where can people find you online or, or maybe find out more about some of the things that, that you've done uh, over these years? Well, believe it or not, I actually claim my name on the internet. So I'm just, I'm Michelle Specht everywhere on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And I have a website that's michellespecht.com. And um, I'm going to be in Miami in March, I think it is. And then I have a couple other conventions that I'll be putting up there soon too. So yeah, I, um, I, you know, I'm a big nerd. I'm a big uh, sci-fi nerd in general, but especially a Trek nerd. So if anyone wants to just come and like geek out with someone who's weirder than they are, then come find me. Come <laughs> find me, my people. And uh, <laughs> we will we will geek it up together. I'm, um, I love you guys. I'm so excited and so happy I got to be here with you. I love and miss you very much. Dan, we also have to thank the five guys in the band, Five Year Mission, we are so grateful to them each and every week for all the music you hear on Trek Geeks. We love those guys so much. They are such a wonderful band. They are writing one original song for every episode of the original Star Trek series. And you know, this is stuff that it doesn't make fun of Star Trek. It, it enhances these episodes in a way that perhaps people didn't think possible. So please head on out to fiveyearmission.net, download all their albums, become a huge fan because we just, we love these guys so much, Dan. Year one, year two, year three. And the recently released year four, along with Spock's Brain and the Trouble with Tribbles albums. They are all great. You're going to love them all. There's some videos out there you can check out. All good stuff. But I got to say, Bill, it's really ironic that the lovely and talented Michelle joined us this week because I was actually watching Star Trek Continues recently. And and you know that I love Star Trek Continues. STC is just awesome. Totally. Um, One of the things that I love so much about this show is that it was important for every member of the Enterprise to have someone to to turn to when they had a strong feeling about a recent away mission or or if they had a new track on an album that they really liked or or maybe if they had romantic feelings about a drummer. They, huh? needed, they needed someone to talk to on the Enterprise. And thank goodness Starfleet started having counselors on the ship. Um, and I can't. I I can only imagine how wonderful it was for the people of the NCC 1701 to have the wonderful and lovely Dr. Andes Farkena on the ship to help them with any counseling problems. It really is great that he was there. Are you even trying? (laughs) What the the hell was that? Andes Farkena. Andes Farkena? Farkena. Oh. Hey, I, I just, I just see, I just call it like I see it, man. I, I, I can't. It, uh, what? Forgive yourself. You know, I hope you get caught in a transport buffer. 
<laughs> and nobody can hear your voice because that's the ideal outcome now of any episode of Trek Geeks. Okay. Keep that in mind. <laughs> that was that was one of your worst ones yet. <laughs> that's that's too bad because I think last week was one of my better ones. So oh oh well. Um, I, the spoiler alert, they're all worse. <laughs> we had, we had somebody ask, ask us this week, are you guys ever going to do a supercut of all the farkisms? I'm like, oh, oh would, no, oh God. That would be, that would be the heaven in my ears. <laughs> That'd be hell in my life. <laughs> so that's fiveyearmission.net. Dan's terrible farkism aside, please go download all our albums and fark. I, I'm sorry. Uh, Dan, we want to thank our, our Patreon uh, su- supporters. I can't even say the words because I'm so thrown off by Farkenna mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. But we want to thank our Patreon supporters this week, the people who uh, who subscribe to the bonus content we have at patreon.com slash trekgeeks. Uh, we're so thankful and grateful for their support each and every week. Um, Dan, if you want to run through the list of associate producers and tell us uh, who we have on board this week. Absolutely. We want to thank our associate producers, Shane Murray, Yancey Evans, Vikram Bhatt, John Krikorian, Peter Craig, Adam Sanders, the wonderful Trey Womack, Sean Lynn, Brandon Everidge, Tim Sardar, I hope I got that one right, and Heather Sohn. Can't thank you guys enough for being our associate producers. And Bill, I think you have the list of this week's producers for Trek I, I do. The producers for this week's episode of Trek Geeks are Ken Tripp, Casey Shafsky, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Craig Ewing, Sean O'Halloran, Chris Trebuzio, Eric Extreme, Norman Lau, Mike Bovia, and Patrick Escudero. Again, if you want to support Trek Geeks and catch out some of the bonus content we have out there, it's patreon.com slash trekgeeks. Dan, next week. You know, you may recall time immemorial ago, we met a a wonderful young lady and her dad this past October at Northeast TrekCon. Her dad, who is now one of the producers of this show. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to talk about her favorite Voyager episode next week. Yeah, that really was one of the best moments of Northeast Trek on uh, Bill and I were absolutely honored to meet Emily and her dad, Mike, uh, at the convention. She was just starting to listen to the podcast as they were driving up to Albany, New York, and she was really enjoying it. So we gave her a homework assignment. Uh, we asked her to pick her favorite Voyager episode and then leave us a message using SpeakPipe, which we talked about earlier today, and tell us why it's her favorite episode of Voyager. Then we would dedicate an entire episode on it. So next week, we're going to play Emily's voicemail about this episode and then deep dive into the two-part thriller, The Killing Game. Yes, yes, Klingons, Nazis, and Herogen. Oh, my. Next week on Trek Geeks, the flagship podcast of the Trek Geeks Network. Wow, we're a flagship now. That's pretty I'm awesome. Like, I go wave my flag. <laughs> In fact, uh, Emily and her dad, Mike, also now have a podcast of their own called Legacy Trek. Check it so, out. Yeah, we hope everybody checks it out. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But uh, I'm looking forward to this because I don't think I've seen The Killing Game yet. So oh, I think you're going to be great it, for me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, of course, you know, if you're looking for more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the Tricorder Transmissions Network online at thetricordertransmissions.com. And, of course, for all the news on all the Star Treks, yo, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode 168 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. No, Coconut, and no, Lieutenant Yar. I'm okay with both of those, though. Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing one song for each episode of the original series. 
Download their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast, is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producer Bill Smith. For even more Star Trek discussion, check out Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery Companion, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and discoveringtrek.com. Bing bong. I would ask you not to use that tone, sir, and I would thank you very much to think of that next time as well. Oh, then bing bong. That's what I'm talking about. What's up, buddy? I'm excited. What's it? Why, I, why would you not be? I, mean, I because know. Because this is going to be fantastic. Oh, my God. I just cannot even. I, we've been we've been trying to get this all situated for a while now, and it's finally coming into play, and it's not going to be dull. I have a, I have a feeling. <laughs> dull and Michelle are not words that I would put in the same sentence. No, not at all. Um, I, I have a feeling that she doesn't just run on like an energizer battery. She runs on like a nuclear-powered cell. Wow, that's uh, that's some strong stuff. I uh, she she is. I don't know anybody with more, more energy energy, yeah, than she has, and it, it's infectious. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you, it's uh, it, it's it's hilarious. It's it, it's it makes you smile um, because she's just so such a nice person. Oh, Your God, face is infectious. Uh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> well, take that. It, take it yeah, later. yeah. <laughs> Hmm. So, hmm. so, so you are three episodes into the office. Is that right? Three. I watched the third episode last night with the bride. Yeah. We yeah. actually are in the midst of the series finale. Uh, I, I like the show. It's so frustrating. I want to punch Steve Carroll's character in the face over and over again. <laughs> but Michael, Michael is, is dumb, but he is so good hearted. He's good hearted, but God, he's so aggravating. It was the one where he was promising the surprise and he's like, yeah, <laughs> drum roll. <laughs> it's like, dude. <laughs> and everybody in that office looks so depressed to have to work there. <laughs> it's, it's like having to work with you. Uh, uh, I knew I should. <laughs> you love working with me and you know it. Uh, it's the second time in my career I've done so. I, I can't believe I did this to myself. But you Again. missed it the first after the first time. You missed it so much. You're the one who made it happen. Dan, come work here. It's great. All you said, I need a job. I need to get out of Maine. I'm tired of being a Mainer. <laughs> that was never a Mainer. The probably you were. The Van Sitters was hysterical this weekend with the tweets with Maine. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. He's the one who brought up Maine Lobster. Yeah, and then you brought up Mainer. So I don't like you. You never liked me. Nah. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Shut your face. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. You, uh, you looking forward to tomorrow? What's tomorrow? Uh, the foot of snow we're going to get starting in the afternoon. I had no idea. I have not looked at weather in five days. Yeah, 6 to 10 starting. Uh, the evening commute tomorrow is going to be horrible, by the way. Uh, well, it kind of stinks. But then again, it's it's uh, it's the second week of February, and we have no snow on the ground. So I really can't complain too, too much. Um, you could. You could. Oh, well, then I'd be complaining about you. And I just, you know, why beat a horse when he's down? So. Wow. Why do you want to beat horses? This is not a good look. <laughs> we just became a podcast network. You realize we're going to shed <laughs> listeners if you're out there beating horses? <laughs> God, the ASPCA is going to be involved in law enforcement. And dude, why can't you just love horses? I love all animals. animals, And you know that all animals love them. I can't, I have trouble killing bugs. 
No, I don't. I don't like bugs. No, you really don't. No. <laughs> I don't like bugs. No. But, you know, my God, I would I would swerve out of the way and hit a telephone pole to miss a squirrel. I'm going to start raising squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute. They're so cute. They're, they're they're rodents. You know what are cute are raccoons. <laughs> so why, why are you going for the ones that are I saw, destructive I saw or eagle. rabid? I saw an eagle. <laughs> that was for Matt. <laughs> why are you no. going for the ones that are either destructive or rabid? We were this, watching. This tells me something about you. We were watching Northwood's Law last week at some point, which takes What's place. That? In, it's a it's one of those reality. It's not a reality show, but it's one of those shows where they have cameras with with uh, fish and game people in real life, and it takes place in Maine or New Hampshire. And, and they just go about their business and doing their patrols and everything. And a lot of times they have to rescue animals and stuff like that. And this one guy got called to a house and there were four baby raccoons that a woman had had put in a box because its mother had run off or something like that. So they, these four little baby raccoons, and they were so cute with their little hands and their little raccoon thumbs just making them. And they were sitting there squeaking. They were like, eep, 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 eep. And Aria, who was on the couch, was sleeping perked her head up and was looking at the TV doing this. That makes for great podcasting. You'd probably have to describe that. I was, I was going to describe it after I did it. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Basically, you know how the dog dogs have that tilt ahead motion. She mm. just kept doing that, looking at the TV, which is up above the mantle. So she wasn't just staring straight ahead. She was looking up at the TV at the squeaky, squeaky raccoon, little baby hand thumbs. So could you make that <laughs> raccoon noise again? <laughs> That's not what that sounded like. Because uh, well, they, I'm here to to spoil something for you big time. They don't sound like they do in Disney movies, Dan. Oh, yeah. Well, they talk in Disney movies. That that's uh, you're just making my point for me at this uh, at this juncture. Wait a minute. Well, I don't. Huh? What are you drinking? <laughs> oh, oh, now glad that you asked. I got something new here. Let me put it up to the camera, and I will describe it before you start giving me a hard time, jerk. Um, it is a mic. You know, I love the mics. The mics, hard lemonades. Love oh, you them. love mic, all right. I'll always try. I'll always try the the new flavor to mics. This one is a hard pineapple mandarin. Mmm. Mm. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so. Does it taste kind of like a Dole Whip without the ice cream? Yes. That nice. Is, actually, I could see this instead of the pineapple juice in the Dole Whip cup. Just pour yeah. some of this stuff and have a hard Dole Whip. So what you're saying is we're making hard Dole Whips this weekend. I like that idea. I like that idea. I'm going to mute my. Uh, uh, I'm going to mute my watch. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's Barry, the official third Trek geek. Um, it, it is messaging us. Yeah, it was good old Barry Bear, the bear, the Care Bear. <laughs> <laughs> the Care Bear. He's the Care Bear. Yeah. JLP the Live. The Care Bear. That's a uh, yeah. JLP Live. Mm. I'm I'm psyched. Oh my I'm god! For that show, it's gonna the be reaction's so been awesome too. So very excited. We should probably mention that during Trek Geeks. Yeah. We got our own show to worry about. That's his problem. <laughs> screw, screw him and Canada. That's right. He's probably not gonna have internet that day anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they have internet in Canada? I don't know. They got it like one of those little rodents one in a wheel with this like little, a squirrel? Like a squirrel <laughs> and this little little hands and raccoon thumbs. Ah! <laughs> I, sh- 
I did you get bitten by a raccoon? Are you rabid right now? Do we um, need to get you rabid for immun- you, handsome immunizations? No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm in a good mood. What can I say? I, I, it's, it's all gonna it's all gonna be coming through in the podcast when she gets on. So I might as well get it out of my system. It's because you're drunk. I'm not drunk yet. No, it's always the it's always the drunks that say they're not drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You cool. ready there, Slappy? I'm ready, man. Let's do it. All right. Coconut.